0: I'm Colby McFadden, and for the last two decades, I've worked with some incredible families and individuals, helping them manage their investments and finances. I'm a father of two daughters and recently a grandfather of two granddaughters. And it really got me thinking about what resources are there for women to find a trusted, reliable source for investing in savings So I reached out to Kristen Yoder, a good friend for years and somebody I've really appreciated their ability to call out BS. And I asked her if she'd like to work on a project where we could create a trusted resource where women could turn to, to learn about savings and investing.
1: Hi, I'm Kristen Yoder. I'm a 16 year Los Angeles cannabis industry veteran and host of the Cannabis Detector podcast. My co-host and I have collaborated on a series of episodes focused on investing in cannabis in the past. So when he approached me about doing a podcast focused on helping women build confidence in their money management skills, I jumped at the opportunity
0: in the last episode we had started off talking about how you can become a confident investor and we talked about the chemistry of becoming yes. a confident investor and you know talked about testosterone and dopamine and then how do we build those things within ourselves and we kind of ended with just saying hey why don't you know if 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 one of the things that gives perceptually men an edge in taking risks and having confidence in investing well, let's take a playbook, you know, take a page out of that playbook and help women understand how they can build those chemical reactions that help them become a confident investor. And it really starts all with education.
1: Totally. And women are already very good at due diligence and research. It's basically taking our strengths, and taking a playbook from men's strengths and combining them into becoming more confident in investing. And I've been like super excited to continue this process because I've been thinking, what am I gonna invest in? And like, is it even possible to find ethical companies to invest in and all of that? But before we even get into that, first we have to figure out what is my money personality, which has been enlightening. Like, I know my personality, but I didn't know that there were like categorizations. So, you sent me a bunch of information and I see my faults, but why don't we get into some of the different money personalities?
0: Yeah, it's real important to understand what makes you tick. And a lot of times we don't understand or haven't really realized that a lot of the things that we maybe have picked up throughout our life, whether it was from our parents or the environment we grew up in, it affects our viewpoint of money and how we interact with it and there's no shame there's no right there's no wrong there's no one personality is better than another what understanding your money personality is all about is getting an understanding of what your strengths are where your weaknesses are and then finding and being consciously aware and thoughtful of finding ways to enhance the weaknesses you know turn them into strengths and then also just lean into the strengths so you can take advantage of that on the potentiality of the returns of your investments. So it's a a balancing act.
1: Yeah, you sent me the website brunchandbudget.com, which is just two different A and B, and then two questions. And I am a contemplator. And like, that is so freaking true because I can't think outside of what I have this is my problem when people are like, what are your long term goals? I'm like, I don't know how to dream. I'm so freaking grounded in my limitations that I shortchange myself a lot. And then my other thing is, is like, I put paying off bills until they shut off my internet. (laughs) And then I pay it and then I pay a late fee. So I was the contemplator. And they're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you have a stack of envelopes that you've been meaning to open. And I swear to God, I have like a basket of envelopes behind me that I keep meaning to open, but then I'm like, I'll open it when I get more money or something. And so there was a podcast hidden brain and I forget which episode it was, but they talked about when people are starving, your mind goes into tunnel vision and all you can think about is your next meal. You can't make, solid long-term decisions. Same with gambling. When you're out of money, you are not rationally doing well. You should not gamble when you are poor. And I feel like I've been struggling so much as an entrepreneur that I don't have a long-term mindset and that's got to come into play when it comes to investing. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so this is where the first step is doing the work. Like you just did like, okay, what is the personality? I'm a contemplator. And okay, so then you look at that and you say, okay, well, you have to dig a little bit deeper in these things and go, well, why is that happening? And a lot of times these are forms of control. All our personalities and all our egos are really trying to do is keep us safe. And a lot of times that's always, you know, you you dwindle that down to a, some form of control. And so for somebody like you, what you would do is you'd say, okay, hey, If I understand that that's how I operate, then one, I want to make sure that I don't put myself in a position of making decisions under stress because the human body doesn't understand the different kinds of stress. The reaction is the same. And so when your adrenal gland fires off due to stress, what it's going to do is your body is not concerned about a couple of things. It's not concerned about digesting food. It's not concerned about procreating or reproducing. It's just concerned about surviving. And so what ends up happening is the chemicals that you need, right? The testosterone, the dopamine, those things actually get attacked. And it's a headwind for those when there's a lot of the adrenal gland firing off. So when you understand these things, hey, I don't want to make decisions under stress and some of the my actions are really to control the environment. Well, guess what? That's great. There's a technique and a strategy for an investor like you. And so what you have to do is just figure out, OK, in my time frame and in the types of investments, in the way that I invest what is the style that fits best for that personality? And there is one that fits best for all personalities. And then also with that, you start to say, okay, what are the other personalities that I admire that I may be not as strong in? And how do I incorporate more of that into my life? So you, you end up taking both the strengths and weaknesses and, and toggling them and playing with them in your life.
1: So like the first step is get real with yourself and figure out who you are. I mean, it's like I count calories every day and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm just going to wait till like 12.01 to eat those almonds so that I don't fuck up my calorie count for the day or something. And I end up like working within my limitations instead of I don't even want to know. Like I know sometimes I don't want to include like the chocolate that I nibbled on at like one in the morning. I'd rather just go to bed. But then it's like, who am I lying to? (laughs) Like, dude, if you're going to eat it, then fucking count it. And I guess it's the same with money. It's like, if you're going to spend it, then admit it. Like if you're not good with money, then admit it. And it's crazy because I have always been cognizant of a good credit score and I always paid all my bills, but then I became an entrepreneur And I sucked at it (laughs) like really bad because I don't like talking about money, which is another woman thing that we care more about. Well, let me work with you where it's like, I don't think men have that problem. They're like, these are my prices. I can't afford it. Okay. And I keep trying to think, like, what do I want to be like, like emulate what I want to be like and not how I'm feeling. And there's a little fake it to make it to start building the confidence because you become what you do. It's like, I'm always uncomfortable the first time I try something. And then I'm like, Oh, sure, that wasn't hard. Like, Oh, and then it just gets easier. And I feel like money is something that I think that like, I could be really good with if I just became more comfortable with money in the first place
0: you're on the right track already because whether it's money, food, relationships, it's all about setting boundaries. And sometimes it's setting boundaries with others. Sometimes it's setting boundaries with yourself. Sometimes it's setting boundaries with the environment that you're in or life, whatever it is, it's always about setting boundaries. And the reality is, is in in these kinds of circumstances for you, you just look at it and you say, okay, well, if these are the, the ways that that I operate, well, then let's utilize those to my strengths. And the great thing about investing in money is that, and like most things in life, if you follow a couple of just very simple fundamental rules, they accomplish everything for every personality. And one of those fundamental rules is start off with a plan. Now, for your personality, you would say, ah, shit, really? Okay, I mean, a plan, do I, you know, am I really going to stick to it, whatever it may be. But with the way that you operate and most likely in these situations, if you take the time and effort to actually formulate a plan, just like you're counting calories religiously. Now, you might criticize yourself in all kinds of ways, you know, throughout the process. But at the end of the day, you have a deep honesty, right? You have a deep principle there that If you structure a plan and you say, hey, regardless of what my emotions tell me, regardless of what the whims of my personality may be, I'm gonna always circle back to that plan and stay focused on that, that's how you do long-term investing. So for somebody like yourself, long-term is what you wanna look at with
1: a plan. Are you curious to know more about investing? Are you looking for a resource to help answer your questions about investing? More importantly, would you like a confidant that is obliged to put your interest first, not the interest of some crazy chat board? Then visit quiverfinancial.com and sign up to attend our next event. At Quiver Financial, we are fiduciaries, which means our advice must be in line with what is best for you. Visit us today at quiverfinancial.com to learn more and get on the path to being a confident investor. Okay, so long-term investing. I'm like, but I want to make money now, dude. Like I owe back rent. God damn it. Like, okay, look, I get analysis paralysis. Like this is my thing is like, actually... I'm strategic planner, like really good for literally anyone but myself. Like I'm working with my therapist right now. And he came up with an idea where like I have like different post-it notes that I cut into little slips of paper that are like healthy activities, therapeutic activities, chores and shit. And then like fold them up and like draw them from a jar because I cannot figure out what planner style to use because I downloaded like 50 different planner styles. And like, it's fucking insane. And so I really want to learn the app. Why now you need a budget because they teach you how to make buckets for your money and stuff. But then I downloaded mint and I'm like, well, just watch my stuff. And then I'm like, but I have QuickBooks, self-employed, like, And then I'm like, well, shit, I don't even know which one to use. And so I don't use any of them. And now I just look at my bank account balance and get sick to my stomach. And I also don't make moves until there's a deposit. And I found this last year. I couldn't function when I was low on money because I'm like, how do I make the next money? Like, how do I make the next money? And I could never get out of that pit because I couldn't focus to make enough or to make strategic decisions to get out of that place so it's like I'm a natural planner if I could just figure out a process but like my god dude there's so many different ways you know I love guidance from other people they're like Kristen do this and I'm like oh thank you so much
0: yeah so what what you're going to find is having a confidant or having somebody that has gone through these things or has some of these experiences is going to be more valuable to you than to maybe a different kind of money personality. And so then it's going to become more important throughout your life to make sure that there is a relationship or you have a relationship with a technology, whatever that may be, that helps you meet your needs and helps you stay organized and helps you stay on track. And at this stage, you probably just really would do better with somebody saying to you, Kristen, stop thinking, stop doing, just do this. And what's really important is, you know, when, when we look at the money personalities and there's all kinds of them. I mean, you could have Mr. Big, you know, to take a, you know, something from Sex and the City where you, know, you have somebody who's all about status and they're very vigilant about having the best of this and that. You could have Sally Saver, which is somebody who just really focuses on saving money and they get a big thrill out of that. You could have granola Jane, which is somebody who really is a do gooder. You could have somebody who's a contemplator like yourself. At the end of the day, when you start to step back and say, "Okay, regardless of my personality, how do I get involved in investing?" The next step that happens, which you did naturally, was think about your time frame because in in investing, there's different time frames: short term, intermediate, long term, and how you invest in those different timeframes matters because the only way you can manage your risk, like none of us can predict what's going to happen tomorrow in the price of Bitcoin or the stock market. You know, there are tools we use to help narrow down probabilities, but yeah. at the end of the day, a good money person manages risk. And yeah. so in order to do that, you have to understand your time frame. Because then that kind of leads you to the type of investor that you are. So in your particular situation, it's interesting because you have a a short-term need of, hey, I want to make some money towards some shorter-term goals. But then you also have the inevitable, which is, hey, you got to save for the long-term future and put away for retirement unless you think you're going to live on Social Security. So the part of that planning is one, making sure we can get your income high enough so you have enough to be able to save a little bit for the long-term and the short-term. And a lot of people go, yeah, but I'm just, I'm so tight. It doesn't, trust me, if you took 10% of what you're earning and the first thing you did was save it, put it somewhere like it didn't exist, you would find a li- way to live your life with 10% less. And that's the first trick is, is the 10% rule is, is whatever you earn, you take 10% right off the top before you do anything and you stick it somewhere that you can't touch or it's really hard to touch. Now, if you get into an emergency and you got to go to that bucket, by all means. But like-
1: From what I read, a savings account is a horrible way (laughs) to save money. It's like put it in an IRA or put it in something where it actually makes money. But maybe I still have that young mindset of like, God, I hope I don't get old. Like, I hope I die before I get old. You know, people tell me I'm kind of like fatalistic, but I'm like, you know, maybe I'll get assassinated before then. I don't know, dude, but do I really think I'm going to live long enough to get an IRA and like, not touch it, like that's so hard for me to imagine, and it's like <laughs> well considering
0: considering you're single no kids, you're going to live a lot longer than most others
1: <laughs> don't tell <laughs> me that dude. i don't want to live that long, bro, like all I want to do is make enough money to have some badass vacations and then uh, take a publicly traded company, and then they assassinate me because i don't want to get sick and crumble apart and I'm not into kids. So my dad had kids with a woman my age in Cambodia. So I just see children in the end of life care. And I'm hoping that they will euthanize me when I ask because I'm not getting an inheritance. So what else am I getting out of this deal? You know, but in the end, it's like, yeah, dude, I would like to get out of debt. Like I just want to get out of debt. But I also know that I should be saving money. Like, if I keep putting all my money into my debt, then I'm still totally fucked if an emergency happens. So,
0: well, yeah, yeah. So I understand like, that. However, do realize debt is the first thing you want to try and chisel down. That that should right. be always be the priority.
1: Yeah. So, like, I want to like split. Like in the first episode, you said, "How about you give me ten thousand to invest, and we're gonna track it, and then donate some of the proceeds to something." And I'm right. already like, okay, well. I already know where I want to donate. So now I just want to make a profit so I can donate to Myanmar and foster cats. (laughs) But that's like mad short term. So I feel like I want to take like half of the money or maybe like a quarter of the money and put it in day trading shit because I have time to watch it. But also I've watched people that invest, like Bitcoin people that are like, bro, I just lost like $100,000. I'm like, well, you didn't have $100,000. Like that has to be so stressful to like watch shit go up and down. And so I don't know my investor personality in that like, I don't want to get stressed out at volatility, but I also kind of want to play volatility so that I can like make more money to invest more to, you know what I'm saying? Like, but not all of it. I want to yeah. put like some yeah. of it into an index fund. But then the other thing is, I'm so fucking ethical that like, who do I invest in? Because like, all these publicly traded companies do shady things. Or like, they don't sit well with me morally. And how the fuck do people make money with morals? Like, I don't understand. You yeah. Know?
0: Well, there's a, there's a lot in that statement to unravel. I mean, the first I know, right? I, the first part of it is is when you mentioned you know I don't want to put it in cash because you know it won't earn anything in 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 Inflation. in things yeah, and the things that you've read. It's important to always again keep time frame in mind because sometimes having money in cash, if it's for short term, three months, six months, you know less than a year, let's call it, then that's very appropriate. I wouldn't really worry about what my cash is earning if it's not intended to be there for years and years and years. Now your long-term investments, you know, your long-term retirement type of savings sitting in cash doesn't make much sense to me unless you're an older person close to retirement that is trying to protect their wealth because they need to now live on it. So everything's about where you are in age and the time frame of that and then also within that what you're you know that that's where the time frame matters because Usually what I find is that as people go through their personality and they go start to structure their plan or what we call their investment policy statement, and they start to think about their time frame and the type of investor that they are, what we usually find out is most of the time people are both short, intermediate, and long-term. And so a structure where, yes, there's a portion of the money that you're saving that goes into a long-term bucket that's invested on longer-term assets equities, whatever it may be for that particular person. And then you can have another bucket that you may not day trade, or you could do what we call swing trades, which is a process where you're not day trading, but you're using different techniques to increase your probabilities so you can buy things when they're low and sell them all high, the old adage. It's not nearly as easy as it sounds because if it was that simple, everybody would do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to fall for the Reddit GME thing and be like, because like who doesn't want to donate to gorillas? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it seems like so fun to be a part of that group. But at the same time, like, I don't know shit about any of this stuff. I'm an operations person. I don't read their statements. Like I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at when I see quarterly statements coming out from these companies. So I think this is like a good place To end for this episode because the next episode we can get into like you helping me come up with a plan and we can start discussing do you use brokerage firms do you use apps like do you go with crypto or index funds or private or public or whatever awesome so then thank you everyone for tuning in and I hope you're as excited as I am to figure out your own money personality and investing. And we will include links that we mentioned today and other things for you to check out. So you can head to the website, confidantinvestor.com. So we will see you next week
0: thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Confidant Investor. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to sign up to our email list at confidantinvestor.com for more great tips and advice. See you next week.